0: Well Good morning, friends. Welcome back to another of our unfolding the word studies together. We're in the midst of an extended study of the first epistle of John, First John. We're now in the third chapter over the last couple days we couple sessions we had been looking at the issue of sin as lawlessness. I'm going to pick up our reading in first John chapter four, three, verses four to six. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. We've been talking in verse 4 about this issue of sin as the choice of lawlessness, a conscious choice in an individual's life to ignore or reject God's laws, a choice all of us made, of course, because all of us are sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God. This orientation toward lawlessness, rejection of God's law, began, first of all, with Satan. But then within the human realities. In Genesis 3 we discover that response to Satan's temptation was found within Adam and Eve and has plagued mankind ever since. Sin is lawlessness. The Greek word as we've looked at is anomia, which means literally without the law. It describes an individual who sees themselves essentially as autonomous, a free spirit, unbound by any other regulations. An individual who says, it's my right to do what I want, not what God commands. Now, lawlessness does not necessarily imply a person is living what we would consider a grossly immoral or unethical life. It describes instead the individual who is directing their own life, doing what's right in their eyes, rather than surrendered to the purpose and will of God as revealed in the scriptures. This type of an individual is described in Judges chapter 21, verse 25, after the dismal picture of the book of Judges. Here's what it says. In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Notice they weren't trying to do what was wrong, but they were trying to do what was right in their own eyes. Proverbs 14:12 warns us, however, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Well, sin is lawlessness, an orientation toward believing we're in charge, that we have the right to do what we want, we can determine what is right, rather than surrendering to the God who is really there, loving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and letting his will, as revealed in the scriptures, be the directive for our lives. In these verses that I read to you, now that that clearly has been stated about sin is lawlessness, God redirects our attention to the fact that he's not concerned only with sin, per se, but he's concerned with perpetual sin. He's concerned with habitual patterns. And he's challenging, in these verses, the issue of people who make a practice of lawlessness. The habitual orientation of their life. Now let's look at that a bit further. The redeemed, we've already discovered in 1 John, are going to stumble into sin at times. We have been saved when we turned in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. We were forgiven, we were given eternal life. And yet the reality is you and I are not perfect. We're saved, but not perfect, here and now at least. We struggle with temptation, and we don't always do a good job of that. And that's why back in the first chapter, beginning in verse 8, where it says, admit the fact that you stumble in sin at times. Don't lie to yourself or to God about it. But when that happens, we can confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the second chapter began by explaining that was possible because Jesus gave his life for us on the cross he was the he was uh, the one who whose life was a propitiation for sin and at the same time he is our advocate continuing to plead before the father the shed blood of the cross to cover us who've responded in faith to him <laughs> these verses verse 5 says you know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin <laughs> jesus christ came to solve the consequences of our sin He took our sins away, paid for them at the cross. What wonderful truth there is in that. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When Jesus Christ came into this world, the incarnate one is chapter 1 of 1 John underscored for us. He lived a sinless life. There was no sin to be found in him. He was surrendered to the will of the Father and carried out the will of the Father at every point. And then he went to the cross. And as he went to the cross, he shed his blood, not for his sin, but for our sin. And God says, I want you to rest now in the wonder of his atoning sacrifice and his continuing advocacy on our behalf. God says, admit your rebelliousness against me, turn from it, rest in what Jesus did to pay for your sin, and rest in his continuing work on your behalf. All right, so there's the point. The redeemed will stumble at times, but God is not talking about that now in verses 5 and 6. He is talking about individuals who persist in sin. Whose habit pattern of life reflects lawlessness rather than whose habit pattern of life reflects righteousness. Making sin the habitual orientation of life. And once again, remember sin, this lawlessness does not necessarily mean somebody's making choices to live grossly immorally. It means they're making choices to live determining for themselves what is right or wrong, determining for themselves how to direct their lives, being the Lord and master of their own life. So really, it's not ethics as much as lordship that describes the difference between a pattern of sin and a stumbling. Lawlessness is the rejection of God's authority over our life. And he tells us in verse 6 an important point. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him, Jesus now, or known him, Jesus. As I've said already, the believer can stumble into sin. That's the sad reality for us that grieves our heart. But God tells us here that one who is abiding in Christ, it's the Greek word meno, which we've encountered a number of times in our study here of First John, he says those who are truly saved, those who are truly abiding in Christ, cannot be comfortable with an habitual orientation toward lawlessness, an habitual orientation toward the rejection of God's rightful role in their life. We can stumble, yes, but we cannot persist in an orientation of lawlessness doing what was right in our eyes, rather than surrendered to what is right in God's eyes. To keep on sinning, that phrase that we encounter in verse 6, who keeps on sinning, to keep on sinning is a very different situation than stumbling. It is not the same situation being described back in the first chapter, verses 8, 9, and 10, about the reality that we do stumble at times. No, no, we're talking here in these verses about a continuing orientation of life, a habit pattern, what we perpetually are characterized by, a lifestyle, a pattern of life, an orientation to life that is habitually lawless. And once again, that's not ethics. That happens to be lordship. Who's in charge of life, we or God? And a habit pattern of perpetually being in charge of our lives, whatever that leads to, at times gross immorality, at other times moral uprightness. But either way, God says to be oriented that way cannot be true of the believer. It can be true of those that have never seen him nor known him. Well, much more to say about this. Please join me tomorrow as we continue to look at this issue of stumbling versus habitual orientation towards sin. God bless.